Alright, hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Hablemos. Before we go any further, I just want to introduce ourselves. So, my name is Kevin Trejos, my pronouns are he, him, and I currently serve as president of the Hispanic Student Association, which is a go-to organization for students looking to learn and enrich themselves with Hispanic Latinx culture at UF. And here we have... My name is Sharice Tracy and my pronouns are she, her, and hers. And welcome to another episode of That's So 68. I currently serve as the president of the Black Student Union at the University of Florida, and the purpose of the Black Student Union is to create leaders, cultivate success, and challenge each other. We have a very special episode in store today as we have an HSA XPSC collab, and it's so great to see two prominent organizations on campus working together to make creative content that bolsters the Black community and the Hispanic community alike. We have some very interesting topics of conversation in store today that could hopefully further discourse within our communities. As always, we'll be talking about a variety of different topics, all relating to our cultures, our experiences, and our beliefs. And a quick disclaimer, while we will share this podcast um, on our social media pages, it is not a representation of the views of the organization as, as a whole, but rather a representation of my own personal views and Sharice's own views. Yes. So, let's get started. There is no way to understate the effect of COVID-19 on the world, just look at the music industry in this past year alone, and many musicians have moved to virtual venues and even some TikTok concerts, and we even had one here at UF when BSU and SGP brought Chica during Black History Month. Were you there? I was not. Oh, well, it was a fun <laughs> concert. Regardless of COVID-19, though, there's been a gap that's been left with performers that they're not trying to fill, and concerts are back hitting the stage, specifically as people were missing the connectedness that an in-person concert can bring. Yeah, I know that for me, over the pandemic, I really got into PBS's, um, the concerts at the desk, I forget what it's called. The Tiny Desk Concerts? Yes, those were so much fun to listen to. Mm -hmm. uh, I really got into watching a lot of those at night when I was trying to hype myself up after a day of not really seeing anyone. Mm -hmm. um, and I also really enjoyed watching some other concerts on YouTube. Um, Maluma, who is one of my favorite artists, he did a concert. Um, like on a Miami rooftop that they recorded and live streamed when he released his new album. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. I haven't really been to any virtual concerts besides Chica. Um, I will say I remember my very first concert was One Direction in middle school. Um, <laughs> and that's really been the my one main concert experience. Um, but I did get to go see a little bit of Gunna this past weekend with Gator Growl. Um, I was disappointed. I'm not going to lie. Really? Why is that? He didn't really sound like his albums. Mm. The albums are much more smooth. Um, so you know. do you think that when they do live concerts where they can kind of alter the voice a little bit, maybe if there, there's some editing between when they recorded it and then publish it, do you think that made the live concert sound better than a real life concert? I definitely think so. I definitely think that even in this past year, with the virtual concerts, if you will, they're still not exactly like completely live concerts. But do you have any concerts that you're looking forward to going to? Um, unfortunately, I did not get tickets to the Bad Bunny concert. One of my first concerts I ever went to, though, was, it wasn't a Bad Bunny concert, but this was back in like 2017. It was J Balvin's concert in Miami. Mm -hmm. And he had an opening act by who is then a small artist named Karol G. She is now huge. She did the song Tusa with Nicki Minaj. 
Um, and then in the middle of the concert, he brings out Bad Bunny. And back then, like, Bad Bunny wasn't nearly as huge as he is now. But I was freaking out when that happened because I used to listen to him all the time. And that moment was something that, that really made, like, concerts one of my favorite things to, to go to. Mm -hmm. I remember maybe last year or two years ago, I remember seeing a video of Bad Bunny like at a concert. And he just has such a stage presence that I think is really cool. And so I wasn't surprised this most recent like concert ticket sales cycle when everyone was freaking out about getting tickets and rushing to get them and they sold out so quickly. Um, so I definitely think that he's an artist that a lot of people want to see. Yeah, I think it, it was, we had a GBM like soon after those tickets went out on sale and all people were talking about was like, oh, did you get tickets? Did you get tickets? Um, but it, for me, it's really cool to see that Hispanic artists are now kind are now getting like full, fully ingrained into like American culture. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, being from Miami, like those concerts are gonna sell out really fast. But like I said before, like artists like Bad Bunny three, four years ago didn't generate the same amount of fanfare, even in South Florida, um, even as they were you know on the rise and, and doing amazing. So I think it's really cool to see that that. You know, artists like J Balvin, like Bad Bunny, have been able to like bring our culture, not just to the United States, but worldwide. Yeah, I definitely agree, and I think that concerts have always kind of been a big thing in the Black community. Um, I know my mom always tells me about when she went to see Patti LaBelle, and one time she got to see Destiny's Child, and it's always kind of something that connects people directly to the artists that they really like, and I think that that is amazing that now we kind of get to go back to that hype. But I am hesitant myself about going back to concerts just because there is still COVID-19 and there is still a lot of concerns. So what do you think about that? Do you think that it's like a danger to society? Do you think that people should go back to the concert hype? It's very interesting you bring that up because actually the only concert I've been to since, you know, the pandemic started was the Brockhampton concert on campus, and I ended up getting COVID a couple days after that. Oh wow! Yeah, so I mean, I don't, I don't know if it was something that I contracted at the concert. You know, I went to the concert, wore a mask the whole time. I've been fully vaccinated since April, mm -hmm. but you know, it shows that no matter where you are, even post, post um, vaccines being released, there's still a potential danger to to spread. Um, diseases like COVID-19 or honestly any other disease can be spread at a concert. Yes, absolutely. And I think it's such a shame though because there are so many artists that are just now going to their prime that people want to see in concert. Like for example, Doja Cat or even like Chloe and Hallie, they've been really taking off with their career and they have such a stage presence and they've always been people that are really good live as well. And so it's so sad to see this paradox to where they're having the success but you can't really enjoy it all that much because of the potential effects of COVID-19. Are there any concerts you're looking forward to going to soon? There were concerts I was looking forward to that sold out. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I wanted to see Giveon. He Ooh. wasn't coming to Florida. I wanted to see Playboy Cardi. The tickets sold out. You know, so... <laughs> There were quite a few people that I was looking forward to seeing, but I've made my peace 
with not getting tickets to those concerts. And I think it's honestly a fun anecdote to say that the only real concert I've been to is One Direction. And <laughs> that surprises people. And then I also get to talk about One Direction. So I think I'll, I'll be okay without going to concerts for a little while. My first concert was actually someone who used to open for One Direction, which was Five Seconds of Summer. Really? Yes. They were there at the yep. concert, yes. <laughs> yeah, I remember like, get them off the stage, where is One Direction, bring them now. But they were my favorite artists in middle school, but I'd say now my favorite artist is Young Thug, but I don't know if I'll ever see him. The tickets are so expensive. Do you have a favorite artist that you would want to see? I mean, I was, I've already had the opportunity to see um, J Balvin and Bad Bunny, as I mentioned before. I would still love to see Maluma in person. He had a concert in Miami last night. I had it in my calendar because I was like, if I can get tickets for a good price, like, mm -hmm. I'm there. But unfortunately, uh, with all the events this weekend, homecoming, uh, I was not able to make it. Mm -hmm. But what I'm thinking about is going to a music festival. So. Recently, they started coming up with like these like Latin festivals mm -hmm. that they host in either Mexico or California, or they have some in, in Miami. Um, and I'd really love to go to one. Mm -hmm. I'm still a little bit unsure because of COVID. Mm -hmm. A lot of those concerts, you're just it's not even like you're in stadium seating. You're literally in like a mosh pit. Yeah. And so I don't know how I'm feeling about those yet. Yeah, I know even Rolling Loud. A lot of people went bought tickets for Rolling Loud. And then the week before, they were trying to sell them, trying to sell them, because right at that time, COVID-19 really started spiking again. Yeah. And so a lot of people still went, um, and the rates still spiked. Um, but, you know, I think that it just kind of, it all depends on your circumstances, because as you said, like, you can be vaccinated, you can follow all the protocols and still contract COVID or any other disease. So it's just kind of picking and choosing your battles, and seeing if the music is worth it. <laughs> so, talking about music festivals, um, there was one in Miami recently, mm -hmm. and I saw it online, and like I was like, you know, I'm not going to Orlando for a music festival, mm -hmm. but a lot of my favorite TikTokers were. TikTokers? Yes, so one way that I've been like experiencing music lately has mm -hmm. been through TikTokers who will put like their top 10 list, mm -hmm. or who like, you know, do dances to like songs that I hadn't heard of before, but then after I hear the TikTok sound, songs that's not overplayed, you know, I'll start like listening to a song and actually enjoying it. Mm, I agree, honestly. There is a couple songs that I've been obsessed with recently because of TikTok, mm -hmm. um, like Praise God by Kanye West. I had never listened to Donda, and I was kind of in the mindset that I was never going to listen to Donda. Um, but Praise God has been all over my For You page, and now I listen to it in the car all the time. And one that I'm kind of ashamed to tell people about is Knock Knock by Sofago. <laughs> the song, it's so, I feel like it's such a foolish song, mm -hmm. but it's also so good. So, I always listen to that song. And I think that sometimes people don't even think about how music can be so important to people, even though you just are enjoying things randomly. There's such a connection to culture. Like even Kanye West, he's always been someone that's been really prominent within like the black community and within 
black music culture. And so now seeing that impact like translate into TikTok is really cool. Do you feel like music connects you to like your heritage beyond just like, you know, what you grew up with? Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, because I, my family is Jamaican, but I was born here. And so one thing that I always try to do is I always listen to reggae music. And my dad always used to play it in the house growing up. And sometimes even people now will be like, what do you know about that? And I'm like, I am Jamaican. Um, it doesn't matter if I was born here. Thank you very much. Um, so definitely like Jamaican music connects me to my culture. And then just like hip hop in general. And like I feel like hip hop and rap and even R&B is because sometimes they talk about like cultural experiences in such a poetic way that makes it so digestible. Um, because even I know that Kendrick Lamar a lot of times will talk about like really hard experiences for black people, but then like you're experiencing it through music and there's a beat behind it and there's like the flow and all that. So it makes it a lot easier to digest these cultural circumstances and it connects you to people, other people that are enjoying the music and understand what he's talking about. Yeah. What about you? I mean, for me, growing up in like a predominantly white community, music was one of the things that, that connected me the most to my culture, because it was something that you know, I could just be in the backseat of, of my parents' car listening to the Hispanic radio stations, mm -hmm. or eventually when I was able to drive, you know, I'd spend hours in my car just listening to music and, um, to me, it was just like growing up somewhere where, where, you know, what I felt like was my culture, what was really me, which tends to be through music. Mm -hmm. That was like the only place that I felt like I could really like, you know, go in, hype myself up, feel mm -hmm. like, you know, really feel myself before I go to class or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, recently, though, I've been listening to a lot of like older Hispanic music or like more like Vallenato or uh, salsa type music mm -hmm. that my parents would like be listening to in the car back then. Yes. For some reason, it's just been hitting again. Like it's good. Like, <laughs> this older cultural music just has a different soul to it. It has a different just vibe. I feel like you can really experience the culture because that's the type of stuff that you like you hear growing up. That's the type of stuff that like your parents can connect to. And so it connects you to the culture through them and through their generation. Not to call them old, but you know, <laughs> their. That's one of my favorite things about Hispanic music recently has been that they've been taking a lot of inspiration from, you know, like the old beats from way back when, and then they mm -hmm. add a little reverb or something like that. Mm -hmm. They put a new lyric on it, and now it sounds like, you know, a nice modern song that still like uses the instruments of the past and still uses like. That, that kind of vibe. Um, I've been really enjoying that lately. So if you could see any older Hispanic artist in concert, who would you go see? Uh, I feel like for my parents' sake, it'd have to be Carlos Vives. Mm. He is like this prominent Colombian artist. He's what I'd listen to on a Sunday morning when we're cleaning the house and something like that. Mm. Um, yeah, I've, I actually really like his music. So I think it'd be Carlos Vives. What about you? I would go see Barris Hammond. Um, fun fact, one time I was on a road trip with my dad and he made me look up a Barris Hammond playlist that was two hours long. <laughs> and we just listened to that straight and it was 
while I was over it after hour one, um, it, his music is just so, it's slow, and you can just hear his accent, and it's just, <laughs> it just feels like, again, like something that I would listen to while I'm cleaning in the morning, or like, after, after I just had a party at my house, and now this is the morning after, and we're cleaning, and we're making sure that the house is back in tip-top shape. Um, and I think that something that I think that would be cool is to see even like cultural artists here at UF. Um, I know every year for Black History Month we try to we try to bring an artist um, to the community. Um, but I think it would be really cool to even have like artists specific to cultures um, because I know even like Jamaican American Student Association like to bring an artist for them or. You know, just to kind of bring that diversity in the type of music and the type of cultural representation we see here at UF. So if you had to pick, who would you love to bring for Black History Month next year? Mm, I don't want to reveal too much. <laughs> um, but I would honestly love to see Flo Millie. I think that she is rising on the charts, and I also feel like she's underrated, and her music is so good. Um, so I'd love to see Flo Millie. Um, but look out for it because we have some artists in mind that I think that would be really cool and a lot of people would be excited to see. That's awesome. Um, so who is your favorite artist? Young Thug. Young Thug. Yeah, I would say Young Thug. A lot of people think that Young Thug is too sing-songy, but that's for me. I, <laughs> I like his music a lot and I think that he has really good wordplay a lot of times. And I also think that he does very well as a featured artist. Um, I think that he really elevates a lot of songs. And my favorite song ever is, it's not technically a Young Thug song, but he's on the song. It's Pick Up the Phone by Young Thug, Travis Scott, and Quavo. Um, what about you? I love the song Go Crazy. Chris Brown, Young Thug, they had the whole album together. Mm -hmm. um, not that I'm a big fan of Chris Brown, but just when they make music together, it's just yeah. so good. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Do you have any thoughts on his latest hit, Way Too Sexy? Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think that a lot of people love it. Me, personally, I I haven't listened to the song fully, and I don't intend to. And I'll leave it. <laughs> yeah, that is fair. I heard it on the album, I like listened to the whole album. And I was like, this song is weird. Like, I did not like it the first time I heard it. Mm -hmm. And then I heard it a couple more times, like, you know, at, at clubs in downtown and stuff. And I'm like, hmm, I guess this is uh, an interesting vibe. People seem to enjoy it. Yeah. I, I feel tell. like people, it will grow on you. Yeah. And that's why I'm not listening to it anymore. <laughs> Don't want it to grow on you. Yes, at all. And someone the other day brought up to me, they're like, I've heard this before. Like, where have I heard this before? And there's another song that's called Too Sexy, yeah. the original version of the song. And then once I connected those two, it was, I just couldn't even really get into it. So <laughs> that'll be a song that I let others enjoy. I'll let you enjoy that, Kevin. <laughs> well, I think that's enough chit-chat for today. So, how did you enjoy the podcast, Kevin? I enjoyed talking to you, especially. Um, talking about music, it's something that, you know, like I said before, I, I love so much. Um, and then to be able to, to share with your opinions and, and hear your, your thoughts on it was really awesome. Thank you.
and you as well. <laughs> so now we'll be signing off. I'm President Sharice. And I am President Kevin Trejos. Thank you for listening in to our second episode of Hablemos. We hope that you enjoyed our segment today, and we hope that you tune in next time. And our third episode of That's the 68. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Bye.